Hello and welcome to Redeemer Radio's 2021 Spring Shareathon. Shareathon was a great success, but we could still use your help. Please visit RedeemerRadio.com to make your donation and please share this audio with friends and family. Well, hello and welcome. I'm Kyle Hyman and I'll be hosting this hour of Shareathon and I'm blessed to be joined by some of our fantastic seminarians. We asked, can you please send the three best seminarians? And uh, they sent us David Langford, Brian Florin, and Deacon Michael Ammer. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you. It's so fun to see you guys. It's been a long time since I've seen any of you and I forgot that you were a deacon. Mm -hmm. And so would you Mm -hmm. mind starting us off in prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good and gracious God. Thank you for bringing us here together to share our life's journeys with you. And hopefully we will inspire others to, to stay on the path of faith and to grow closer to you, our heavenly Savior and Lord and friend. We ask this all in your name. Amen. 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 Father, Father Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to have you guys introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about yourselves. But before we do, I want to encourage people, if you want to support Redeemer Radio, you can call the station. We've got volunteers that will take your call. It's 260-436-9598. And you can actually text the word give to that number. We got the Holy Cross College text line set up 260-436-9598. And maybe people are listening to this in the future. And uh, hello, people in the future, time travelers. Uh, but and no matter when you're listening to this, you can always go to RedeemerRadio.com, click on Give Now, and you can support Redeemer Radio. Our goal is to raise $2,500 in this hour, which I think we can do. So text, call, go to the website. And while you're doing that, we'll meet our three seminarians. How about your name, where you are in your seminary journey, and something interesting about yourself, like a, a hobby, a passion, maybe something you collect or what do you do in your free time? So Deacon Michael Lammer, I'm from uh, St. John's, New Haven, born and raised there. Yeah, went through uh, the grade school and junior high. Then I went to public New Haven High School. And then I ended up going to IPFW, which is now Purdue, Fort Wayne. Mm-hmm. And got my undergraduate in uh, in physics, then okay. taught one year of high school math at Northrop, and then entered seminary after following that. And then right now, I'm on my sixth and final year of seminary. <laughs> I guess at the time of this recording, I have only four weeks left. So nice. Very close. Very close. Yeah. And your hobby, passion, free time? Pickup trucks? Yeah, trucks. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. But close to that, I like to go hiking and spending time outdoors. That's okay. A big, big hobby of mine. Do you work on pickup trucks or just you're, you just like pickup trucks? <laughs> I gave a talk to my class a few okay. years ago on why every priest should have a, have a truck. Oh, yeah. And now that's carried on and it's now infiltrated. Uh, the deacon homilies at seminary. Okay. So it's come hence, up several times. Hence, oh, yeah. hence these guys now know all about it. <laughs> so out of the three of you, how many of you have pickup trucks? Nope. No. None? 
What? Do you have one? Deacon. Deacon I, ha- I had a truck, <laughs> and then and now I'm That's just part wait- of the joke. now now yeah. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. I have to start making money first before okay. I, can, That's I right. can get a new car. Delayed gratification. That's yeah. right. <laughs> it's for a priest. It, yeah, you're not saying yeah. seminarians and deacons need to have pickup trucks. Priests well, do. If it, it's always preferable, <laughs> but once again, you know, sometimes there's financial limitations. Sure, of course. It. So, but if somebody wanted to donate a truck to you. They, I would certainly can. happy to take that donation. <laughs> okay, okay. I suppose throw me in that too. I All mean, right, if someone yeah. wants to donate a truck. But yeah. first, they should donate twenty five hundred dollars to Redeemer. There wow. you go. Well All right. Very well good. Thank you. All right, Brian. How about you? Sure. Yeah. My name's Brian Florin. Uh, home parish is St. Pius the Tenth, and originally uh, not from the diocese. I wasn't born and raised here, but moved here going into my eighth grade year, and went to St. Anthony Grade School. And then went over to, to Marion High School, but then stayed in the area for college. So I went to Notre Dame and graduated in 2016 with an accounting degree and then a theology major as well. So uh, with a business administration bachelor. And then, but I, I just love theology classes, especially uh-huh. being at Notre Dame, like knew that was the place to take theology classes. So I actually was able to take Monsignor Michael Heinz over oh, there, yeah. uh, Lenny DiLorenzo, Tim O'Malley. So some of the just awesome guys yeah. in our diocese. Yeah. Um, and actually, I got to play on a bookstore basketball basketball team with Lenny DiLorenzo and uh, Father Pete McCormick, who's a pretty well-known priest over at Notre Dame. So just like being around some of those, not only awesome theologians and people, but yeah, just like being in their company at a place like Notre Dame, it was just like super inspiring. Um, I actually, when I was at Notre Dame, I did a program. This is how I got to know Lenny um, and Father Pete and those guys pretty well was through Notre Dame Vision, mm-hmm. was helping out around campus over there. And, and that's like a High school? It is, yes. Yep. So high schoolers from around the country will come to campus for about a week at a time, uh, live on campus, live in the dorms. But kind of the cool part is really for the college students, there's about a group of 50 or 60 college students that will come and, and help lead small groups and kind of help lead the high schoolers through the week. Cool. And that was just, for me personally, was a transformative experience of like desiring something such as youth ministry, but but even something beyond that, like just like being able to pour myself into, I don't know, a setting like that, it made me want to to sort of give myself away. So um, you were studying theology because you were thinking about the priesthood or what was, no, it, what was the idea there? Yeah. Uh, priesthood was something that had it kind of popped into my mind in high school, mm-hmm. um, being around St. Pius, being around Father Bill Schooler, yeah. uh, seeing his example. It's like, man, that guy's awesome. I want to be like him. <laughs> but, but ultimately, when I went to college, I wasn't thinking about being a priest. So pursued accounting and yeah, just while I was there. Accounting and theology. Yeah, exactly. It was an interesting combination. Everyone, you know, everyone kind of like, what are you going to do with that? Like, that that could be valuable. (laughs) Yeah. But it was doing Notre Dame vision that the Lord really planted that seed Hmm. and it started to take root while I was doing that summer program. I ended up graduating 2016 and worked for a year with Dynamic Catholic. So okay. Matthew Kelly down mm-hmm. in Cincinnati, Ohio. And it was there that I just had enough space and separation from being here in South Bend and just to really begin thinking about the priesthood that it, it became evident that I should take that next step to, to join the seminary. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how I ended up here. And I'm now in my fourth year out of six at the seminary. So second theology, David and I are classmates right. out at Mount St. Mary's. And yeah, just, it really has flown by. I was thinking about that as I was coming over to the studio, just how quickly, I think the last time that I sat down with you, Kyle, was maybe my first pre-theology year after the Cupertino Classic. Uh-huh. And we talked about the basketball game. Right. And I was like, yeah, I've got five years left. Uh, and next thing you know, it's like, we've got about 14 months till diaconate ordination and Deacon Mike, obviously you're 
very close to pre-ordination. So it's yeah. amazing how quickly it goes. So hobbies, interests, uh, sports, sports, love sports, uh, basketball, especially. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Are you playing a lot at the seminary? It's been pretty much under wraps this semester, yeah. this year with yeah. COVID. Um, we've had a few opportunities, especially some outdoor basketball as mm -hmm. it's warmed up a little bit, but uh, that's, that's been a big bummer. So Just there's been a lot of pickup games or yeah, okay. pickup intramurals would be kind of the typical, yeah. uh, in a, in a usual year, we'd get to beat up on some college students. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. is, it, is it just one seminarian team versus, and, uh, and, and then a bunch of other college, cause the Mount has both seminarians and, and a university. What, what do you, what do you call non-seminarians? Like the, we the outcast the name. That's, students. Yeah. students. <laughs> that's, that's a friendly term. Yeah. yeah. It's not very derogatory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Usually be maybe one and it, depending if there's enough interest, okay. another team could form. But yeah, typically it's kind of like, oh, that's the seminarians. Yeah. You know, people know, people know who we are. Uh -huh. They're like, yeah, you guys walk around in, in black, you right. know, they can tell we're different. <laughs> what, what do you wear for the basketball games? I, actually, Just, I usually wear my Cupertino jersey. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got the name and the number on the back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not the clerics though. No, not the clerics. Okay. It's good. Yeah. That's a little hot. Around we're the trying neck. to get under armor to, to start making some, yeah. some clerics, you know. I'll have to talk to someone. Yeah. That, that, that should be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, David. All right, yeah, David Langford. I'm in second theology, like Brian, but I'm on year six of eight. So I came in right out of high school. Priesthood had been on my mind since I really could remember. Uh -huh. So I did college seminary. Right. So I did four years of college. So I got a degree in philosophy. And then I also got a degree in history at the same time. I've always loved history. I was able to work it in and then study a lot of church history at the same time. Yes, I'm from St. Elizabeth's in Fort Wayne. You know, you talk about how short the six years is. The eight years <laughs> feel so short now. Two years away from ordination. It's really getting exciting. Good, good. And your passion, hobby, interests? Military history. I have what? about a 70 to 80 book collection at home. <laughs> I was looking back in my room the other night and my brother's living there right now. But I just, all these shelves, naval history especially, it's just fascinating. World War II, the good and evil, the technology. My family are all engineers. So uh -huh. I tried to build a radar once. It didn't work. <laughs> I if, still have hope. <laughs> if you would have asked me to make a list of a thousand things that these seminarians could mention, that would have not have made the list for me. <laughs> it's fascinating. That's what I love about priests, seminarians. I think people sometimes think if you've met one, you've met them all. Like, yeah. like there's a certain yeah. type of person that's called to be a priest. The more I get to know our priests and seminarians, the more I realize everybody's got their own personality, their own path to the seminary, their own path to priesthood and interests. It's, it's great. I love it. All right. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to give some time to think about it, but I'm going to ask when you're at seminary, what do you miss most about being away from the diocese? or family or friends or whatever. So while you're thinking about that, remind people that you can donate by calling or texting 260-436-9598. This is our share -a We are fundraising for Redeemer Radio so we can keep doing what we're doing and, and sharing God's love with those that are listening, those that stumble across the radio station, however it might be. You can donate at RedeemerRadio.com. You can just click the Give Now button that's there. And we have a couple different incentives for people if you want to be an hour sponsor because we've kind of done the math of all the expenses with the the tower, the station, the offices, staff, the electricity, internet, everything it comes out to about $120 an hour for 
Redeemer Radio, and we're on 24-7, 365. So if you want to sponsor an hour of Redeemer Radio, $120, then we have a shirt for you. It's a nice, soft green shirt that says you belong on it, and we'll mail that to you. Uh, also, we have day sponsors. So if you want to donate $400 or more, you can be a day sponsor, and that's six on-air messages on the day of your choice. So you want to honor a seminarian, your priest, your husband, wife, grandparents, children, whatever. You want to honor them on their birthday, their baptismal day. You just want to honor your church, whatever. You can you can be a day sponsor. So $400 gets six on-air messages. $700 is for 12 on-air messages or $1,000 for 18 on-air messages. So honor anniversary, birthday, feast day, remembrance of a loved one that's passed maybe and uh, a great way to support Redeemer Radio as well. So, uh, and then also instead of just one-time donations, people could do it monthly. So if you want to do that $120, but do it as $10 a month, you can get your shirt, support the station all for less than Amazon prime. So I actually looked it up. I uh, wanted to watch a documentary on Hulu. And so I signed up for the free trial. Of course. Yeah. And I put in my calendar when to, to shut it off. Right. Yeah. And I did, I made it. <laughs> But if I would have continued, it's $12 a month for ad-free Hulu. You, you could sponsor Redeemer Radio for $10 a month and you get a t-shirt. And, <laughs> and you get a t-shirt, yeah. <laughs> and you have all that spare time that you were going to be watching Hulu. And, yeah. <laughs> that you could be listening to Redeemer Radio or, or praying for our seminarians. Of course, yes. So what is something that you miss about the diocese when you're away? We're here, by the way, if you're just joining us, we're here with David Langford, Brian Florin, Deacon Michael Ammer, seminarians for the diocese. What's something you miss when you're out of the mount? Probably the flat land. <laughs> really? Yep. Yep. So I don't mind the hills. The drive to my parish assignment is beautiful, kind of scenic drive. But I'm also, I enjoy cycling. And I actually, one of the reasons why I don't uh, normally bring my bike out to the mount is because it's just hilly. Uh -huh. And I hate <laughs> Cycling on hills. <laughs> yeah. And then too, as you're driving through these back roads up and around corner or uh, around hills, you don't know what's on the other side of the hill. Right. Here, it's just all flat and kind of, it's predictable. Yeah. So I guess that's, that's one thing I, I would say I probably miss. <laughs> Have you been cycling while you're home? Not this break. It's been, I think I did last summer, but yeah. Yep. It, it takes the right weather, the yeah. right time. So I'm, uh, I'm certainly looking forward to getting back into it this summer. So, well, and a break for a seminarian is a break from schoolwork. It's not a break from anything else. <laughs> like you guys get put to work when you're home, you're yeah. going around to schools and parishes and stuff. <laughs> so yeah, squeezing in a bike ride That's might true. be tricky. Yeah. David, what do you miss? What I miss, I have to agree with the flat. I picked up cycling really? too. And this buddy <laughs> told me he was going to go for a bike ride. And I looked at the mountain that's behind the seminary. And I was uh -huh. like, well, I'm not going up that. And he <laughs> promised me that this ride was going to be flat. Uh -huh. <laughs> we, hundreds of feet of ele elevation change. <laughs> My legs were so tired. So I, I really like biking where it's flat. <laughs> it, that was relatively speaking flat for, it was a Maryland flat. It was a Maryland right. It was not Indiana flat. Yeah. I, I missed Rolling the hills. corn. Mm. That's so, so funny because beautiful. that's the two things that most people complain about Indiana. It's like, <laughs> it's flat. All there is is cornfields. You know, like, yeah, that's what we treasure about it. There's like a couple cornfields on the other side of the road from the seminary. And that like, uh, that really <laughs> helped me like feel comfortable. I could like, look at it at the corn and like, there might yeah. be a mountain behind me. Yeah. Mountains are cool, but yeah. there was corn, <laughs> but there's like, we actually have corn out here. <laughs> 
Nice. So, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> That's hilarious. Flat was the first thing that came to mind. What? Since it, this, it, not related to cycling. I, I haven't gotten into cycling yet, but but when you're coming home and you're making that drive home uh-huh. and uh, you hit a certain point, I, I guess it'd be like- How long is the drive? Way. It's about eight and a half hours okay. to South Bend, probably a little bit shorter to, to the Fort Wayne side. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you're you're about halfway through Ohio- and all of a sudden the landscape just changes and you can see for the next 10 miles ahead of you on the highway. That's a great feeling. You know, you're getting closer to home. So it's, it's a marker that's like, yeah, you're almost there. You've almost made it on a long drive. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think something that I, I truly do miss. And again, I mentioned, I, I wasn't born and raised in the diocese. So, mm. so for a place to, to sort of start to feel like home has been a real gift and a blessing. And the thing about the Dasson priesthood that I often explain to people that it, we differ from religious life in the sense that as Dasson priests, we're, we're more following the bishop. We are under Bishop Rhodes or whoever the, the local ordinary is mm-hmm. in this particular church. We are sort of tied also to this geographical location of Fort Wayne, South Bend, Indiana. And for me to, to be able to think about the future in terms of like, I'm going to belong to this diocese for the rest of my life, like mm-hmm. God willing is there's a great joy, great hope in that. So to know and to start to feel sort of acclimated to to this place and to be able to call it home. It's just when you step away from a place and then you're able to come back home, like it distance really does make the heart grow fonder mm-hmm. in that sense. And there's been something about just all of these years. I think I counted it up. I think we've made that drive close to 40 times or something back and forth between the seminary. And it's like every single time, just more and more of a desire grows to, to be here long-term to not have to like step away and to return, but to, to stay for, it's almost like a long distance relationship that as a priest, you're marrying the church, right? you know? And so you're being away from your diocese, you're away from your future spouse. Yes. Correct. And it's like somebody that's engaged, I suppose. That's yeah. In a different state. Yeah. You're away from the bride and it's like, I've never thought of that before. It, it makes you desire her more and it's, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It's challenging, but do you feel like throughout seminary, you've had a chance to get to know the diocese better, like, you know, with your summer assignments and when you're home for breaks, visiting places, have you gotten to know some of the different churches and schools? And I'm sure there's a huge number of places that you've never been or at least don't know very well. Yeah, no, I think just me personally, I've definitely gotten to, my eyes have been open to how big this diocese is, especially the Fort Wayne side, growing up on South Bend Uh uh, side of things. This past summer, I was at St. Vincent's in Fort Wayne. So with Father Dan Scheidt, Mm -hmm. Father Jay, Father Eric and Father Polycarp. And that really opened my eyes to like just how big this side of the diocese is, but also just how many priests are over here. So last night we had the Chrism Mass and it's really amazing to see just how many priests are present in our diocese, like the local presbyterate. Uh, it's very eye-opening. I don't know about you guys, if you mm-hmm. feel you've grown in that. Yeah, certainly. I mean, same here. Before entering seminary, I really had no experience with South Bend. Um, I mm. think when I was a kid, I went to one Notre Dame basketball game and that's it. Yeah. And then now, I mean, I've been to South Bend so far twice in the past two days. Uh-huh. So... It's a lot of traveling, but it's then getting to know the area, getting to know the churches. And then it's also a growing familiarity with the, with the priests too, mm-hmm. which is great. So mentioned last night was the Chrism Mass. We're obviously pre-recording this while you guys are home for break, but what was that Chrism Mass like? And, and I guess, does it change from year to year as you get closer to ordination? 
Yeah, for me personally, again, I just thinking forward to man. Next time we have this chrism mass, uh-huh. I will be a couple of months away from ordination to the diaconate. To the diaconate, mm-hmm. correct? It just really started setting it. I mean, that was your last chrism mass not being with the priest. So at the chrism mass is the the renewal of priestly vows, and that that in particular was very moving last night just to see again a hundred priests directly to my left, all renewing their priestly vows with, with Bishop Rhodes. And, uh, it started to set in. I was like, yeah, this is, this is the life that we're preparing for, for this, again, for this particular church, for this diocese, yeah, for this Bishop. So, yeah. And like Mike, Deacon Mike, that chrism that Bishop just blessed, that's the chrism that's going to go in your hands. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So Deacon, what's it been like as a Deacon and a seminarian? I mean, you're still doing schoolwork. So yeah. you're, not, you're not like a full-time deacon or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. You're <laughs> you're kind of stuck in between two worlds of you're given like more responsibilities. You're given more kind of work to do because back in Maryland, I'm like preaching almost every, uh, every Sunday. Really? Uh, yep. And I've done a few funerals. I've, you know, baptized. And it's like, it's all, it's all great. But then on top of that, I have to then also go back at the end of the weekend and go back to school and then take all the, the normal classes. Yeah. And so it, it's kind of, yeah, you're, you're kind of stuck in between both two worlds. And then with the chrism mass, it's still kind of evident in that reality too, because us deacons, we were sitting to the side. There were a couple of deacons who were up by Bishop and assisting Bishop, but then the rest of us were just sitting close to the seminarians. And you can tell like there is still that divide between us and the priest. And Uh it's like soon (laughs) and very soon. um, Yeah. Looking forward to, to finally be done with school and, and then be able to, in a long-term way, serve the church and serve, serve the people because, because that's, that's something that with our pastoral assignments, it's very limited and you can't commit yourself fully because you're like, well, I'm only here for this weekend. So it's like, well, kind of here, kind of not here. And, <laughs> right. and then that just, and then that just makes it kind of difficult. But I mean, I'm happy, you know, sometime like mid June or whatever, when I, when I start, I could finally sit back and say like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. So definitely looking forward to that. All right. Well, just a reminder, this is our share We are fundraising for Redeemer Radio so we can continue to put great Catholic content on the radio, but also we've been moving into more and more of the podcast space to reach people that are, you know, not listening to radio or that are listening to podcasts on demand or might be out of the area. And, or, or if you miss something or you want to share something, it's great to have it available online that people can do that. So uh, we've been able to launch the Spoke Street Podcast Network, and that's all because of the generosity of of those that are supporting us. So you can go to RedeemerRadio.com, click Give Now. You can call or text the Holy Cross College text line at 260-436-9598. And we have volunteers that are are listening right now that are sitting by a phone, probably doing a crossword puzzle right now (laughs) because you haven't called. And so give them somebody to talk to. Let them know a prayer request too. We can can add you to our our list of people that we pray for daily. And you can do that by calling 260-436-9598. 98. Or if you text the word give 
to that number, 260-436-9598. We're here with three of our seminarians, David Langford, Brian Florin, and then Deacon Michael Ammer, scheduled to be ordained to the priesthood this summer. This is kind of our chance to get to know seminarians and you're representing. Could you just give us a little rundown of the people in your class, starting with Deacon, the the other deacons that are going to be mm-hmm. ordained to the priesthood? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess my class, I mean, there's guys coming all over the country. Uh, there's plenty of us here in the Midwest. There's a guy from Peoria, Illinois, a guy from Lafayette, Indiana. But then we have guys from Colorado. We have guys from uh, Savannah, Georgia. We have guys up in Maine, guys from kind of all over the country and, and also all kinds of backgrounds. I mean, we have a couple of converts mm-hmm. guys coming uh, who, you know, grew up Protestant. We had guys who came straight out of high school and, to, and then went into seminary and they've done, they're doing all eight years of seminary. Uh-huh. Then you also have guys who went to college first, maybe worked a few years, so it's kind of, yeah, just a very, very diverse background. And it's it's been really interesting to see the class dynamics kind of also change because as you go along in seminary, you have guys who end up discerning out, mm-hmm. um, leaving, but then you also have guys that start coming in <sighs> and you have guys who end up taking a pastoral year. So mm-hmm. they'll, they'll spend a year out of seminary, just working in a parish. And then they'll, then, so then they'll drop down a grade and then they'll join. Like I had a couple of guys do that in my class. And it's interesting how, how we all like just interact. And I mean, from my perspective, I mean, we all get along too. And it's, it's something that it's, it's, and it's been, it's definitely been a, a joy to kind of spend uh, with some of the guys. It's been all six years, but then with a few others, it's only been, been four years, but it's, it's definitely been great to have them. And how many at the Mount in your class ish? I think we have 18. Number? We have eight. I believe it's 18. Okay. Um, yeah. How many of those are from the diocese? From five. Diocese? Five. Okay. So five of them. So, so we're, we're the really big class, but I know the, these uh, second theologians, they, they've got even a, even a stronger presence yeah. in their class. But five out of 18 being from the diocese, that's, that's a little it's bit of a presence. monopoly. Yeah. yeah. So can you just run down the list of those five that are from the diocese that are going to be ordained to the priesthood, yeah. God willing? Yeah. This summer? yeah. So you have Deacon Logan Parish, Deacon Augustine Anua, you have Deacon Keaton Lockwood and Deacon Ben Landrigan. So that's, that's us five. And which one of those is your least favorite? Ooh. <laughs> I'm just oh, that's, <laughs> I'm just and uh, you also, so this other Deacon doesn't go to Mount St. Mary's. Yeah. Yep. So then, so then, yeah. So then we have last year, Bishop accepted Paolo as a diocesan seminarian. And then he was ordained with us to be a deacon. And then, and then Deacon Dan Kale, who's right now at, uh, working at St. Jude's Fort Wayne, he'll also get ordained uh, with us as well. So is that seven total being ordained? No, it'll be seven. And we'll be in the diocese. Yes. Yep. That's awesome. It's exciting. And that's, is that the same number that will be ordained to the diaconate? Yes. So this summer, David and I, and uh, a couple of our other classmates will go to Guatemala to do some Spanish studies. Okay. Um, but then there's a total of eight. Is there eight of us still in our class? It's hard to keep track. We keep, yeah. so I need us. that poster. Yes. It's, it's hanging up in my boy's room at home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's five of us at the Mount and it's myself and David and then Vince Farot, Bobby Krish and Jake Schneider. Okay. We have two guys in Rome. 
Sam Anderson and Zang Langbrenner. Uh-huh. And then we also picked up someone who was originally with Paolo, but now Ryan Tomosi and Ryan Tomosi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so eight. Yeah. Eight so us. we're going to beat you guys. <laughs> we're going to get you by one. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. And who knows? You know, more could join. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Two years left. <laughs> Got this. <laughs> yeah. it, I mean, it's possible also that any of them could get a pastoral year. Sure. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that something that you fear or would be excited about? <laughs> like, what is the thought on a pastoral year? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like you get closer to ordination and then like I'm living at a rectory right now with a really good priest. And then you see all the things he has to do. Uh-huh. And you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor, you would be really great. But on the other hand, like I entered seminary to get right. into priest. Right. Let's get it. Let's right. get it on. Like this right. is my life. <laughs> uh, and some of my classmates, third ISCs think, you know, we want every guy to have a pastoral year. So uh-huh. it's like baked into the program. And they all say they were really glad to have it. Sure. I think the Vatican, they were putting out like a new document and they really kind of want to push dioceses to do something of that sort. Okay. Mm-hmm. It seems yeah. like a great opportunity so, to learn the ropes, to see like the good, the bad, the, yeah. you know, to before you kind of get thrown in there. But at the same time, you're not a priest. So right. <laughs> there's some limitations of what you can do. And yeah. 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 And they tell us over the summer assignments that summer is actually the slowest period of the year. Uh-huh. So I was pretty busy this summer with the yeah. priest I was with. Right. So yeah. I, I don't even know what his life is like during the year. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things I, I think where you really do have to trust uh, the Holy Spirit's guidance throughout your formation process. You have to trust your formators, people who are hopefully along with you kind of mutually discerning what's the best route for you. That was one of the things I was very struck by was rather than seeing these formators as sort of people who are just constantly examining you and making sure that, yeah, are, are you fit for this role? Like diving competition judges. They're just like, hold out a number. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they actually do have your best interest in mind. So to be able to trust them and work with them and come to realize like, Hey, maybe, maybe I could use a pastoral year. Yeah. I think that that element of trust is huge. So it's one of those things where it's like, you'd like to keep rolling with the the formation process, but ultimately if it came to that, you'd hopefully be able to trust that. Yeah, this is what I need to do. And I'm going to, sure. I'm going to use it. Yeah. And like numbers, it doesn't really matter. Like more is merrier, but mother Teresa said something like, I don't need numbers. I want holy priests yes. for God's mm-hmm. people. And yeah. I know I'm always struck. I sometimes visit the cathedral and they pray this rosary. And at the end of each decade, they don't ask just for more priests. They ask for holy priests. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's good. That so being it's, said, it's all about that. if you're listening to this right now and you believe God might be calling you to be a priest, seriously consider it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's incredible. What would be a first step that you recommend? Uh, Talk to Father Andrew Budzinski. That's oh, call definitely. the diocese. Yeah. Talk to the priest you know best. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Closest to you. Yeah. That's the route I went. I talked yeah. to the, a priest who wasn't actually even in the diocese that I that I knew best. Mm-hmm. And was like, I feel this on my heart. And I feel like I'm the only person in the world who could possibly feel this way. Yeah. And it was just a great start. A way to kind of get out of my own head. Yeah. And, uh, just start talking about it. So, yeah. Find a priest you trust or a seminarian. Yeah, yeah, good. You're not as alone as you think. There's about 30 of us <laughs> yeah. in our diocese. There's about 3,000 in the country. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we got a pretty good percentage of that then. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> well, hey, I want to talk about something that's had a big impact on your faith. Like uh, if it was an event, a book, a person, you know, what's really something, it doesn't have to be the biggest because sometimes you're like, oh, 
well, maybe it was this, maybe it was this, just maybe something that had a big impact on your faith in the past. Before we do, though, I want to remind people that you can call or text the Holy Cross College text line at 260-436-9598. You can donate to Redeemer Radio share You can go to the website, RedeemerRadio.com, click on Give Now. And while you're doing that, we want to share a little bit more about the impact that you can have. You're listening to the Spring Sherathon on Redeemer Radio. Thank you for listening to and supporting your local Catholic radio station. All right, it is Sherathon time, which means we've got special guests, we've got special gifts, we have the opportunity of a lifetime that you can help us spread the love of God, not just locally, but also internationally as we continue to grow the podcast network, as we improve the content on the radio. I'm Kyle Hyman, and we asked for the three smartest seminarians, and they sent us David Langford, Brian Florin, (laughs) Deacon Michael Ammer here. We've been chatting about the seminary, chatting about the diocese. It's just been fun. And I asked before, a little bit earlier, for an example of something that had an impact on your faith. It could be a book that you read, a person that really inspired you. Uh, Maybe it was an event, a retreat that you went to. What was something that you can look back and say like, wow, that was really a pivotal point in my faith journey? Probably for me, it has to be a uh, a camping retreat that I went on. It was senior year of college, and it was with uh, students from Purdue University and IU. And went with a friend. There's like maybe like 15 of us. It's a uh, a program called like Wilderness Outreach. Hmm. And this guy, he runs it from Ohio, but then he'll recruit priests to be a chaplain for it. And just going out there and having great fraternity. But then also it was the time of kind of quiet and prayer at that pivotal moment in my life where I was finishing college. And that's really when God, in a very uh, strong way, put the whole idea, the thought of priesthood on my heart, much more so than uh, it ever was throughout college. So mm. I'd say that was, a, that was pretty, a pretty big turning point for me. Was there something about it in particular that, or was it just the, the time, like just being quiet and being out of your, the busyness? I would say so. Yeah, it was, it was very nice. I don't think I, I didn't have my phone on Uh at all. I mean, there was no service (laughs) either. And it was, it was pretty much just us like working because we, we would help clear uh, trails along, along this national, uh, national forest. So it was just uh, hard work but with great men and then having that quiet time in the afternoon meant for just prayer. Yeah. That, that might've been one of the, the, f- the first times I really had that quiet time for, for, for prayer because I was so used to the mass. I was so used to, I would go and do like um, some prayer things at my parish, but they were always very audible, very vocal um, and not a whole lot of time of just, quiet mm-hmm. and just silence. And that's, I would say that's probably where the the voice of God became even, even clearer mm-hmm. for, for me. Um, but with that being said, though, I still didn't join seminary for a whole nother year later. It's mm-hmm. still, I was dating someone at the time and, and I was wanting to just work because it's like, I spent all this time and energy getting a degree. Yeah. I want to use it. And so it still took me time to, I guess, accept what God was saying and what he, the path he, he wanted me to go on. But that was, yeah, 
a point in which I can really point to like, that's where the Holy Spirit was speaking. I think they call it the sunken cost fallacy. Like this idea of I put in so much money or time or effort for this degree or into this relationship or whatever. Like I can't just put that to the side because God is calling me to something else. (laughs) (laughs) I got to keep doing this thing. And that's why discernment is so important. Is it? Well, like, okay, that was a a phase that I went through. That was, I learned something from that and it's going to help me out in the future somehow, (laughs) but what's God calling me to? So yeah, that's good. How about David? Oh gosh. (laughs) I I only gave you 15 minutes to think about this. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Probably in eighth grade, we had this confirmation retreat at the parish and I just was, I guess, thinking about life and religion and my family is really devout that, you know, you can do a lot of external things and kind of just, you know, be daydreaming on the inside. Sure. Uh, And I was like, story of my life, you know, (laughs) I do think everything the church teaches is true, I Uh guess. It should mean it should affect my life. Mm. Yeah, there's a difference. So when I'm praying, I should actually be praying. I could think about the prayers. I could join in the prayers of the mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, say them with the priest and mentally, not not out loud. That's that's for the priest. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. we're not we're not supposed to just kneel down whenever we get in there and wait for a minute and a half and then sit down like this. Like set <laughs> set my timer when I get to sit down. After, <laughs> we're supposed to actually be praying during that time. Yeah, yeah. and then around the same time, my uncle passed away. He was a missionary priest in Tijuana with the Missionaries of Charity. Oh wow! And just going to his funeral in the uh, slums of Tijuana, I think right right inside the like city dump. Mm-hmm. Just seeing the crowds of these desperately poor people that he had just given away his life to and like how grateful, how touched they were, Mm -hmm. what it means to have a life that's just given away and how meaningful it can be. How old were you then? Oh gosh, 11, 12. So did your whole family fly down for the funeral? Wow. How long were you there? Uh, Maybe three days, four days. Yeah. That's great. So at that point, were you thinking about priesthood? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of always had a sense uh, priesthood was on the mind. So did you ever think about being a missionary priest? I thought about it. I just didn't think I had the capacity. Yeah. (laughs) I like hot showers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully the parish has that for you. Deeper reasons do. Connection to the diocese. Brian Florin. Yes. What's had an impact on you? Man. You mentioned Notre Dame Vision. I did. Yeah. And, And just as we've been talking to, like, it's funny how you can, you can look back over the course of yeah this journey and see okay there's been so many times that, mm-hmm. that God has uh, whatever you want to call it, interrupted my life or has sort of made these divine appointments that have just like pointed me in a certain direction I always go back to this and for people who might know sort of my vocation story a catalyst for when I really started thinking about the priesthood but especially just started taking my faith on for my own because like you guys were saying there's a certain point in each of our lives where we you have to begin taking your faith on for your own like it has to be become a personal choice mm-hmm. that you're making there has to sort of be this personal assent right uh, to what it is that you believe and profess and perhaps have done for your entire life and for some people that happens like very very early and for other people that happens very late in life um, and it doesn't make it better or worse necessarily, but it's sort of what you do with that, that personal choice. So I think for me that that moment really happened in high school when I was at St. Pius, I wasn't involved in youth ministry. I never went to the youth group or any, anything like that, but my family, we were regular mass goers on Sundays and uh, a friend of mine from Marion, who also was a parishioner at St. Pius invited me to, to go on a mission trip actually. So Mm -hmm. with the youth group, 
they would do this kind of annual mission trip down to West Virginia. And he just, I just remember him, this was my junior year and he's a football player. So I was like, oh, this guy's cool. Like, I want to be friends with him, you know, (laughs) kind of that high school game that you play. And he just, yeah, the way he spoke about this mission trip, he was like, man, you, you should really come on this trip. This was awesome. Like this changed my life. And I loved it. Like it was it was such a good time. You should come with me. And it was just that personal invitation. Mm-hmm. We're on the outside. I kind of had to play it cool. I was like, yeah, yeah, man, maybe I'll think about it. But on the inside, I'm like, this is what I want. Like, I want to do something like that. Mm-hmm. So after a little while, I accepted that invitation and, and went with him. Didn't know anyone else on the trip. But by the end of that week, it really is kind of hard to put into words what like exact moment it was where I just, I was like, this faith is beautiful. God is real and God has a plan for me and, and God loves me. That was my takeaway. By the end of the week, coming back home, I I had sort of, yeah, I'd taken that faith in, made it my own and and recognized God's just reality, like mm-hmm. God's presence in my life. So the way that that translated was was wanting to come home and like do nice things for my family, clean the dishes, spend more time <laughs> with my siblings, like not fight with my siblings. And it's everyone's like, like a parent's dream. Yeah, exactly. Right. Parent's dream. Every parent listening is like writing this down. Like, now, where where do I send my <laughs> kid for this? <laughs> Gary, West Virginia. All right. <laughs> my, my siblings like, Wait, Brian, you're being so nice. Like, what's going on? And uh and it really was, it was God, like it was God at the end of the day. And then with this friend of mine, like we started going to daily mass together over the summer. Mm-hmm. And that again was, was a huge turning point where I got to know Father Bill better. Uh, Father Terry Coonan was the parochial vicar at the time too. So like playing okay. sports with him was so yeah. cool and got to know what it meant to be a priest. So that was really like the first time I started thinking about the priesthood and started taking my faith on seriously. Yeah. Mission trip. It was a game changer. Hmm. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, just a reminder, this is our share We are trying to raise $2,500 towards our, our goal for the share to keep Redeemer Radio, not just doing what we're doing, but to continue to grow, to continue to expand, to, to improve quality, to improve our outreach so we can touch more souls, help more people. And it's amazing to me to hear stories of people that either were intentionally listening or stumbled across Redeemer Radio and it had an impact on them. Even conversion stories, we are constantly hearing from parishes or from bishop that they were welcoming somebody in the church and they said that Redeemer Radio was kind of a a thing that nudged them into that or or maybe even made them question things for the first time and brought them into the church. So your support makes that possible. You can call us. We've got people sitting by listening. Uh, they're listening to the radio right now, but they could be listening to you talking whenever you call them at 260-436-9598. You can text that. That's the Holy Cross College number. The Holy Cross College text line, you can text it 260-436-9598 or donate at RedeemerRadio.com. Also, I'll just mention if somebody's interested, there's also some advantages. If you want to donate stocks, you can avoid capital gains taxes. Or if you're 70.5 years old, 70 <laughs> and a half years old, mm-hmm. 70 years and a half, <laughs> there's a tax advantage regarding IRAs. You could call the station, ask for our office manager for more info on those kind of tax advantages. But support Redeemer Radio and we appreciate it. We are listener supported. So any thing, $5 a month, $10 a month. If you do $10 a month, then that's a, it comes out to $120. That's their hour sponsor. So that's sponsors an hour of Redeemer Radio, get a free t-shirt, or you can be a day sponsor for $400 and up. So 
find more information by going to Redeemer Radio or calling and just say, hey, uh, how does that day sponsorship work? They'll be happy to work you through it. I was thinking like every once in a while, I think about things with regards to I've gotten some speeding tickets, not a lot, <laughs> but like maybe two in my lifetime. Yeah. And I hear of other people getting speeding tickets. And sometimes I think, hey, I didn't get a speeding ticket this year. That could have been a $400 expense. You know, like I could donate that to <laughs> Redeemer that. Radio. Like donate <laughs> the speeding ticket that you didn't get. Or like my kids uh, being potty trained right now. So like that's diaper money. Diapers. Like I could yeah. I could donate my diaper money wow. to Redeemer Radio. So maybe you could think of something or you want to give something up or cancel one of those monthly f- bills that you have for Netflix or something like yep. that. So you know what? We don't really use it that much. We're going to cancel that. Give that to Redeemer Radio. <laughs> $2 a month. Whatever. You know, anything helps us to get to our goals so that we can continue doing what we're doing. But uh, while people are donating and supporting Redeemer Radio, what would be your favorite class in the seminary. By the way, if you're just joining us, we've got David Langford, Brian Florin, Deacon Michael Ammer here, seminarians for the diocese. Favorite class in seminary? Deacon Mike. Always <laughs> <laughs> getting thrown on, under the bus. Um, or favorite professor? Yeah. Or? Definitely. I mean, probably one of my favorite professors has to be, I mean, Monsignor Heinz. He's uh-huh. great. You're, just, you're not just and saying that because he's local and you're trying to butter up. No, <laughs> okay. no, no. He does vote on us whether or not we go on to the next year. That's not <laughs> why we're complimenting. Yeah, him. right. Yeah. Well, it's nothing to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> right. But like, I mean, one class I'm taking right now is is on marriage, and that's been very great, very good. Um, like we we learn about like marriage, like all throughout seminary and in certain aspects. But then there's this one class in which that's specifically just to talk about kind of maybe the theology of it. And it's great too, because it's being taught, it's taught by a lay professor who has seven kids. Uh And so many of them really young. And so he, from his own experience is able to speak about the joys, but also the challenges Mm. of marriage. And he's also brilliant too. So he's like, he quotes Thomas Aquinas, like he knows this whole summa, which is like a book like this big by heart. And for people just listening, really you just, big. you motioned about a foot and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh-huh. And, and he, he knows the whole thing by heart because, you know, he'll be like, oh, Thomas says this right here. Uh-huh. And I'm like, how does he do that? But that class has been very helpful and just, and understanding family life and also seeing how the church envisions family life from like church documents, like what, what has um, popes said um, about family life, about the Christian, like really the, the pillar of society. And the thing too is, is us as uh, future priests, we're not becoming priests for ourselves or just for God. It's we're becoming priests for families. You know, parishes are full of families, not just individuals or not just young or old. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's families. And so the class has been very helpful and kind of getting me pumped and excited about ministering to them. So is it just called marriage? What's the, what's the, what would the class be called? Marriage and pastoral care. We're actually all in it at the same time. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, work yeah. of yep. the seminary schedule. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's true. Yeah. Marriage and the person. So it highlights it, we started with like relationships and love, uh-huh. like what, what, what are relationships from a theological standpoint, from a practical and pastoral standpoint. And, and now we're starting to get into more of the pastoral dimension of marriage, but it, that's an awesome class. Cool. That it really is. I think for me, my favorite class, 
is one that I actually really struggled to enjoy initially. I actually really did not like despised going to the class initially at the beginning of the semester, but it's grace and the theological virtues. We're talking about grace. And I just was so frustrated with the class initially because I couldn't track the professor. I had no idea what she was saying. And we did a lot of St. Thomas Aquinas where I was like, I don't know what distinctions he's making right now. He's indecipherable, but it just (laughs) takes time. It takes time. And it has actually turned out to be a very rewarding class. The more that we've worked with it and sort of wrestled with the material, just realizing like, yeah, without God's grace, nothing's possible. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're not here right now without God's grace. And you start to sort of follow Thomas's train of thought and you realize, yeah, you really can trace back God's grace to every molecule that is in existence right now. Um, yeah. And it's so good. It's so good. So that's, a, that's been a fun class, very challenging. And that's, that's been a tough one, but I've, it's been rewarding as well in that sense. So, you know, I mentioned I liked history. Uh, yeah. We uh, take a series of church history courses uh-huh. and we had a phenomenal professor for early church history, just like the most delightful lecture style, just all these stories. And then these like subtle, like dry pieces of humor. Okay. Um, so he yeah. has this big theory about Roman senatorial families and their influence in papal politics. <laughs> And he claims that it didn't stop when the Roman Empire stopped and that they're they're still going. So he'd like throw that in about, you know, once a week, just uh-huh. to kick some giggles. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then just like learning about the church, he called part of the class a pre-scandalization program. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, the church has never quite been as perfect as God would like it to be. Sure. He, humanly, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I've heard people refer to as a testament to how the church is guided by God, because if it was just people, then it would have destroyed itself a long time ago. Yeah, that's right. Look at any other institution, you know, it's, yeah, crumbled and fallen at some point, but yeah. there's a reason why 2000 years later, yeah, church history is very eye open. <laughs> so Brian, Deacon, Michael, do you find this as interesting as David? <laughs> or is it because he's, well. he enjoys history so much that... <laughs> I, I actually did enjoy history classes and, and I, and yeah, and I enjoy history too. And yeah, th- this professor who was a grad of Notre Dame too. Yeah. It's just like his humor can, is always, is always great. Like, and, and the way he contextualizes and helps you like understand the history and, and also making sure that you're like asking appropriate historical questions, not just questions that a 21st century American would answer or would uh, ask. <laughs> I was like, you know, people thought differently back then. So maybe we can try to understand from their perspective, not just, not just our perspective. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Just a quick word about the intellectual life in general for us seminarians. Like we do go to the seminary and it feels a lot like a, uh, like an academic setting. Mm-hmm. Um, like we take classes, a normal class load that you might see a graduate student taking. And, uh, so the intellectual life really is, it's, it's a, a significant portion of what we do, the amount of time that we spend with that. But there's, there's kind of four dimensions to seminary formation. You have the intellectual life, which is again, foundational, but then you also have the, the human element. So how do you develop as a person? How do you develop in relationships and, and good habits, pretty much the pastoral dimension, which comes with kind of like Deacon Mike was saying, he gets to go to help out at a parish each weekend. Typically we would each kind of have an assignment throughout the semester to to help with that pastoral side. Uh, but then you also have the spiritual element, which of course really is 
again, foundational to, we, we need good and holy priests. So to develop that prayer life here and now. How much structure is there in those four? I'm Obviously a lot of structure in the intellectual. Sure. Sounds like there is with the pastoral because you get assigned a parish that you're, you're working with. Yeah. I imagine the spiritual has, you know, you're doing the office of readings or, mm-hmm. or things like that. And yeah. are you meeting together for prayer time? Or are you meeting with a spiritual director or things like that? To Daily help? mass, uh, sure. communal morning prayer, evening prayer. Okay. And then as priests, you know, you're not going to have a schedule for those. So they want you to get in the habit of praying some of the hours on your own. Yeah. That way yeah. you can get yeah. ready to pray all the hours. So those three are fairly structured. What about that personal growth? Is that, <laughs> is there a structure to that or is that more just yeah. a, Hey, reminder, got to be working on this. Yeah. Human formation. Yeah. That, that's kind of one. You're right. That's kind of one more of those vague yeah. uh, floating pieces that I've, I've read some things that say human formation is, is really the crux of them mm. all. Uh, it's kind of where all three, all four of them meet, but uh, yeah, that's definitely with the help of your formation team and just with the help of friends. Like that's why it's so helpful to have peers is to, uh, yeah, to be able to bounce things off each other and, and call each other out when you need to be called out, but, but mostly encourage each other, like keep going, keep fighting. You said formation team. Yes. Yeah. Formation team. That's who makes group. up your formation team. Uh, that is a group of priests at the diocese that or excuse me, at the seminary that, uh, that works together and, and sort of evaluates you more or less. Yeah, I don't know. Group yeah, so there's about 12 priests on the faculty. And so some of them are spiritual directors. And so that's somewhat similar to confession. It's like a kind of sacred space to like talk about the spiritual life with a lot of confidentiality, just really help you be open, talk about where you need to grow, how your prayer life's going. Confession can be in that. And then you have a formation director who kind of, oversees everything like external about you. And hopefully they could be like a sort of mentor priest for you. I know that's kind of been my experience through college seminary, you know, in major seminary that I've really been able to look up to that priest as a mentor, father figure. So yeah. Very good. Well, we are out of time, but thank you so much, all three of you for stopping by and, and joining us for our share thon Appreciate it. Thank you, yeah. Kyle. This is awesome. You. Yeah. Now Deacon, are you allowed to do blessings for us? <laughs> is it because deacons can bless things, not people. Is that what it is? Or what's Within the context of yeah, liturgies? Yeah, it's, yeah, within okay. the context of liturgies, yeah. Okay, well, can you, can you close this in a short prayer, maybe? Certainly. <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we thank you for all that you've given us and for our ability to share our life's journeys with you and our relationship and help us to stay on the path and to continue to grow in greater faith, hope, and love towards you and towards those we meet today. We ask this on your son's name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Thank you again for joining us. Appreciate it. And it's not too late. If you want to donate, you can go to RedeemerRadio.com and click the Give Now button or call us. We have people ready to take your phone call. 260-436-9598. And if you want to just keep listening, you don't want to pick up your phone to call, you can text us. Holy Cross College text line 260-436-9598. You can just text the word give and it'll give you information on how to do that. Thank you for listening to this hour of Redeemer Radio's 2021 Spring share Please keep us in your prayers. And if you're able to support the mission, Visit RedeemerRadio.com to make a monthly or one-time donation. And if you're looking for more great podcasts, check out Spokestreet.com.